Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and sometimes Emmaus. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love Podcast. Hey. Hey. Wake up. I'm up. I'm up. Hello. Welcome to episode 102 of the Leah Valley with Love podcast. I am your co-host, George Wacker, with our other co-host, Tyler Rothrock. Still me, baby. Still me. We have a cool episode, I think, coming. Yeah. I think we're just going to get kind of to this one, into it. Last week was, uh, listen, I'm a big time basketball fan. Last week... It was weird for me. Kobe, I was a Kobe fan. Yeah. I was more of a fan of Kobe competing. I wasn't. I'm not a Lakers fan. But the thing that sticks to me about Kobe is he's a lot of um, history right here. It's 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 not it's rare that somebody that reaches that level of. Yeah. Elite and, and I'm a has, big has his roots has their roots wait, I mean, in, the, in Lower Marion and I'm a big proponent and I know people like some of the first complaints are a he's a sports guy yeah. big deal b there are people doing more important things I won't disagree with that c other people died in that helicopter won't disagree with that either yeah but the end of the day I'm very pragmatic meaning that you know it, it is what it is right. He was insanely famous for what he did because people are very interested in it. Right. Kobe Bryant wouldn't be famous if no one cared about but what even he did. I, I'm just trying to put in perspective. You know, right. Nobody would care. And is sports dumb? Sure. Is Broadway dumb? Sure. The same way that sports is are, dumb. Are we dumb? Yeah. Everybody's dumb. It's just that <laughs> Kobe was able, you know, he's doing his art, his sport that way. Yeah. And I think, too, I don't want to like beleaguer the point. But we're going to talk, you know, the people that we have, we were able to get these interviews with are going to go over these points. I just want to say why it's important to us. And then also as like a guy, Mm -hmm. Kobe was 41, I'm 39. I grew up with him being that image. You know, that's, you know, so it's also very hard when you're that age to see someone in the prime of their life with children. The guy's flying his kid to the basketball camp for, for crying out loud. So it's also touching in that way. So no, I just wanted to like get it out. Like, why are we even talking about it? Right. Why is it important? Because it is. I, and and there's a millions of people who die every day who deserve yeah, no, just as definitely. much credit. But it's somebody who transcended, and it's just the way that. And the they world have a works. connection to here. That's, that's what's it, that's what's unique to me. Like, it, it, you know, when you posted on Leave Eye with Love, the game that Kobe played against Whitehall, it went nuts on your page. Yeah. It's like 200 people shared it. Because people are interested, I'm seeing people have seen themselves play against or a family member, friend, whatever, play against young Kobe, right? And that person was in our backyard. And I can tell you too, it, it's also because of the the timing and his age. He's yeah. 41. Yeah. The people who are 41 who graduated high school in '96 and '97, and and I '99. Those are the people who are really doing a lot of the things in the world. I I, I just say like this is how. Yeah. It works, and that's why. And I know it's you so can. Effective. He was at the 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 absolute pinnacle. I mean, you could make the argument his sports was a pinnacle, but I think he was the absolute pinnacle of his life with his as family, a human, as, as a, a human being with his family. Yeah, he had won all those things. And there's gonna and for somebody to die. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but because I'm gonna stop. But like 
for somebody to die at that yeah. height. Well, also they seem it, immortal. It, it terrifies you. That person, Kobe. It like I grew up you. with Kobe. You know, he's got dominating that guy in Superman. Yeah, dominating people that are also dominant. And you look at it. I'm just saying. You look as a guy like me. I look at him. Yeah. As I'm his age with a kid, and he's the guy who's untouchable. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It, it reminds you of your own mortality right. as well, and that's and, a part of it that I think it's a tough thing to understand cohesively. But that's why it's so important because it's affecting people. Like and that. I know he's a flawed character. There's, he I is, mean, he, he had some scandal. Right yeah, to say it. yeah, like, like he was so, a perfect. Who is? I'm not, um, saying, I'm not condoning anything. He ever right, did. but um, I just think that. It's been interesting to see, you know, if you meet, you always hear stories like, oh, I knew them when, right? And not that anybody knew Kobe when, but the people that we talked to in this episode had kind of their uh, brushings in with young Kobe Bryant. And, you know, when we talked to Jack, Jack talked to Kobe and dealt with Kobe as a pro. But it's because you can't ever project where people are going to go what they're going to turn into what's going to happen to them sure. so the the timeline of kobe is is interesting and and he he's you know he, wildly famous and it's interesting i don't care who you are whether you don't like you know sports it's or also not cool too. like i think people forget too like when you get to be wildly famous they're like well who cares he didn't just he wasn't it wasn't given to him yeah he didn't wake up one day Sure, his dad like played in the NBA. You couldn't name him. You know, don't know yeah. what you know what I mean. He was a journeyman, if that. It wasn't handed to Kobe, and I think that's the difference. Well, and to me, what is interesting, he worked. Is, he did it. But like, the, you he know, he played against what he played against Scranton High that's School. That's what I'm saying. Whitehall. Like, he wasn't like playing against Max Preps Academy. Well, I mean, maybe he, he was. I don't know. He. You know, he, there's a timeline of his life, right? A timeline to somebody becoming the greatest or one of the greatest in their profession, right? And part of that timeline is here. That's rare. That I don't know of a lot of situations. The Rock, it is interesting, yeah. you know, like he at least, like when I go, my dad coached basketball at Liberty and I worked out in that gym every morning in the summer. And I would see, I saw pictures of Kobe playing there. I thought it was wild that I'm playing in the same gym that Kobe played in. And I think what it does too is it it you know you can even stretch it and say it can inspire other people because yeah. if you're like that is something. And wh why do people care that somebody played in that gym? Well, if you're in North Dakota, right? Yeah. And some guy, you know, uh, Michael Jordan came through on a tour. Um, here's a good one. I just I just remember this off the top of my head. There's this old when I was a little kid. Bruce Springsteen must have came through my town, and the one coffee shop kept the receipt. Yeah, All stuff right? like that. Why do you care about that? Why? I mean, you yeah. care about it because um, everybody in the world knows Bruce Springsteen. Right. So you can say, hey, everybody, when you came here, you see the guy that everybody in the world knows. He they also were they they walk these halls a little. And bit. that's why we do it. And and I get it that people are like, well, they're all yeah, there are people that are gonna not like this. That's fine. And it's the same. But the thing is, if you can appreciate it in the way that, you know, it's not about sports as much as it's about how sports affect. Right. People. Part of that person who you're seeing all over the news right now, part of their timeline happened very close to you. 
And here's a big thing too that I want people to remember because they're gonna. I got this a small part. I'll say that, a very small part. But and we put on, you know, and people, are like, oh, he's a rapist. He's hey, he was definitely accused of that. Listen, when he died, he was flying his daughter and another of his daughter's teammates to Mamba Camp, mm-hmm. which is he became girl dad. You know, he was very yeah. happy under that. And Jack talks about that when we get to right. It. Now listen, you know it is what it is, you know. But if yeah. you if you're gonna be somebody who's gonna um, be take the moral high ground and say we shouldn't laud these people, well, can't we learn from somebody like Kobe who in 2003 at the age of 20 whatever was accused of something horrible, and mm-hmm. then 20 years later, 18 years later, he's now leading a girls' basketball team and trying to shape those women. It shows what parenting I'm just does. Saying, well, it's also like, look at, people can be redeemed. You're not yeah. just one thing forever. And I, I think that's a big thing that I've learned from it. And yeah, it's just for sure. Um, so, you know, it's 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 not a it's not a heavy episode coming your way. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, we talked to people that, you know, had a direct relationship with him in his in his younger and throughout his life so wait should we do weather first let's do a weather break right now let's bring the weather for the weekend wait, wait tony's coming in with the weather yeah tony wait, i hear my prediction because i know it's gonna be it um i bet we're gonna get no snow or they're gonna predict 10 inches and we get one inch wow george has no faith all <laughs> right here's tony with the weather Hey everyone, Tony here from LVWA with your exclusive five-day forecast for Lehigh Valley with Love's podcast. For today, for the start of your work week, will be brilliant sunshine, a high temperature of 53 degrees, going down to 38 tonight. So this will be the best day of the week, I can tell you that right now. Tuesday will remain somewhat warm, a high of 52. However, cloudy skies are expected with even some dreary conditions moving in in the afternoon. Tuesday's low temperature of 39. Wednesday, showers, cloudy, a high around 48, going down to 31 Wednesday night. And that'll set the stage for what comes in Thursday. Right now I am tracking another storm separate from Wednesday. So there's a couple waves of precipitation here this week. So Wednesday, rain. Thursday, you know, this will be Thursday morning. Uh, Right now it kind of looks like some sleet and freezing rain moving in. Thursday's high temperature of only 34 degrees, going down to 33 Thursday night. Now, with that being said, obviously it's been very warm. It'll be very warm this week going into Thursday. So you have 50s, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, if this turns out to be all freezing rain, there won't be any travel issues. You know, we saw this a couple weeks ago when we had uh, real warm temperatures moving into a freezing rainstorm. It really didn't materialize. A couple trees were coated here and there, but um, the road conditions were just wet. So that's something we're going to track. You know, if it, if it becomes more sleet or even snow, then, you know, it could be a little bit of a different story there Thursday morning. And as we head into Thursday night, we're going to see temperatures actually rise with a warm front, only to come crashing back down Friday afternoon. Now, miles are starting to spread here a little bit on Friday. Uh, Originally, we're looking at mainly rain with a high of 40, 
but we do have some solutions coming in that could make it a little snowier. However, right now we're gonna stick with the rain forecast and 40 degrees. And then by the weekend, we have another storm threat. So I don't think winter's done here just yet. We're, we're gonna be tracking numerous storms here, you know, at least for the next two weeks from what I'm seeing. And as long as we can line these temperatures up, we might actually salvage our winter a little bit. So that's all I got for you. Uh, very fluid situation. Stay with me all week long over at Lehigh Valley Weather Authority on Facebook, Instagram, and always at lvwaweather.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful week. That is no, your... Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, we are back. <laughs> okay, yes, now we're back. That is your weather. The weather. And great, great weather. Yeah. Tony does a fat... Tony's been getting better and better. What I really am impressed about Tony is his new background music. Yeah. I noticed it. It's very, like... Weathery. No, it's more... It's, like, it's sultry. It's, like, if you go into... Um, the downstairs, the brew works. It's yeah. Like, poof, poof, poof. I hope we get Tony involved in the TV show, which is coming February 14th. Mark your calendars. Yeah, we better pull that off. <sighs> we'll no, see. It's going gonna, gonna to be fun. Excited about it. Um, and we also, like, we're working on some stuff for Patreon. Like we said, we're going to be looking to do uh, a lot of stuff um, video-wise and whatnot. So if you want to get involved, you know how to find us. But we want to get into this episode. Yeah, let's get right into so, it. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Who's our first? Our first, our first guest is going to be he, right now. He's the assistant coach at East Stroudsburg University. Formerly was the head coach at Stroudsburg High School. All right, we are here with East Stroudsburg University assistant coach Sean Thornton, uh, and formerly the head coach of Stroudsburg High School. That's kind of why you're on the call today. You had a unique game a couple years ago with. Uh, Kobe Bryant, coach, how are you doing? We uh, we sure did. We uh, we met Kobe. Uh, we we were in the uh, the Eastern semifinals of the state tournament back in '96. Um, had a we had a really great team that that year, um, and uh, he <laughs> he proved to be a little too much for us. <laughs> yeah, how did you prepare? Like, how did you prepare to coach against? Was that the number one? Is that the highest? caliber uh player you've ever had to prepare to coach against yeah by by far yeah. um well we watched a lot of film and saw how how teams had uh and we talked to some some coaches we knew um even who had played them in previous years and you know there were a lot of strategies that that were employed and um we kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that he was going to get his right um so and just put one guy on him and just told that guy, uh, look at, just stay in front of him. That's all. And, um, uh, you know, do the best, you know, do whatever you can just to just keep him from getting to the basket. And, um, uh, <laughs> Kobe put up a lot of shots. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he scored 36 points in the game, uh, which was his average. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't go for more than his average. Um, but really the idea was, you know, you know, yeah. if he gets 36, that, that, that's fine. But, uh, you know, our, our idea was that, that if we can shut down some of the, uh, the other guys, keep them below averages, then, uh, I think that we really had a shot and, you know, we, we really did have a shot. Um, you know, uh, Emmett Donnelly, the, uh, the player I put on him, he was a tough as nails, uh, kid who came to us from Ireland, actually, his brother <laughs> had played a couple of years before. And, um, and he, uh, 
he really didn't let him around him. I mean, he did a great job of staying in front of him. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, Kobe was able to still score over him at times, even though, you know, he didn't shoot for a, the, the highest percentage in the game. Um, uh, it was, and it was also, I think it was 11 for 11 for the foul or something. But um, uh, the big story for us in the game was that we had a fantastic player in Ken Lacey. I mean, we had a lot of talent and a, lot, and a really high basketball IQ all but uh, our marquee player that year was Ken Lacey, the 6'9 center, all-state player, who ended up going to Ryder and then played almost 10 years in the pros in Europe. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But um, uh, he was sensational. Um, unfortunately, his mom called me at 8 o'clock that morning to tell me that Ken had 102 fever, had been throwing up his guts oh. for all night. And he didn't play. And, um, so, well, he tried to play, but you know, he was a shadow of himself and, uh-huh. you know, didn't play, didn't play half the minutes he normally would have played. And, uh, but I mean, here's a guy, we've all had the flu as bad as, you know, as bad as it can be. And you know how down you are and how you can barely even move. And, um, that's what he had, you know, wow. it wasn't just a stomach bug. It was, it was the flu. I mean, here's a, you know, his favorite game time, uh, you know, was probably close to 103 and, um, and he, he couldn't keep down water. Everything that went, you know, you think about how drained he was and stuff, and he still tried to play through. But when you don't have that, you know, when you think about your game plan and all of a sudden, well, the big six, nine guy who's really going to compete with Kobe for a lot of rebounds, who's, who's going to be a kind of a rim protector if Kobe gets around him and things, you know, and when, when you have to play a lot without him, and even when he's in there, when he's really a shadow of himself, things change. Right. Um, the other guys rallied, they scrapped, um, you know, it was a single-digit game still in the fourth quarter. Um, we ended up losing by 17. But, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of adjustments trying to be made on the fly because, you know, here, we, here we, were, we were presented with – it was an afternoon game. We were presented this thing with only a little time to go. And uh, that's just the way the cards were dealt to us that day. Yeah, yeah. And the, the game probably, I would imagine, had a different uh, buzz going around it than, than a normal – uh, playoff game or oh my gosh, any, yeah. any game. What what was that like? What was the fanfare like? What was the the atmosphere well, well, le- leading up to it? The the atmosphere was incredible. You know, this uh, we had had such a good year, uh, and these guys weren't just great basketball players. They were great guys. They, you know, it, it was easy to root for these guys, and the school really rallied rallied around us. We had we had gained a tremendous following, and. Um, I'll bet almost 2,000 people from Stroudsburg went to that game. Really? You know, there were over 3,000 in, in, in the gym. You know, March was packed to the gills. And, um, you know, not only were they there for us, but everybody wanted to see him. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he's the National High School Player of the Year that year. And, um, you know, they weren't really talking about him going to the pros yet. Um, and uh, hmm. But to think he played us, and then, you know, three games after that, he played for the Lakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but the atmosphere was really incredible. We had, we had played our previous win was also at Martal. Um, you know, we had already won two games in the state tournament. And um, uh, so our game before that was at Martal. And, you know, a lot of people made the trip there. And so making the next trip was, was you know, when you do something for the second time, it's a little easier. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and there was certainly a buzz, you know, everything about it, there, there, there was a buzz. And, uh, he was, uh, he was a great competitor. He didn't take any plays off. 
Um, he was true to the way he was always a player. You know, he, uh, you can watch highlights of the game and he did awfully athletic things. He did some things that just, just most high school kids can't do. <laughs> yeah, that was my next um, question. What, like watching him play, what were some of the things that made you uh, aware that he wasn't like any other player and that bit he was going to, to, uh, you know, be, be a pro. Well, I, I guess at that point you didn't know he was going to go to the NBA. But uh, was there was some college no, well, interest with him, right? You knew he was going to the NBA. You didn't know he was going to the NBA. You know, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, you certainly knew when you're watching. So, well, this 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 kid's a pro. This kid's a future pro. Uh-huh. No, no doubt about it. You know, I don't. Nobody would have said, "Well, this kid's one of the future five best players who's ever played." You know, you yeah. wouldn't have said that. But 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 you were certainly looked and said he was a pro. Um, he was six 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 seven, really long, could really jump, um, but could do everything. Like he, he could play every spot. So, you know, to watch him bring the ball down the floor and, and juke guys, you know, there, there's a, there's a play in the full court where, where he pretty much dribbles through everybody and finishes at the rim with this spin move that, that, you know, almost nobody else could have scored on, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, he's, he's able to leave a lot of plays that nobody could dunk. He's dunking, you know, he's, I, I think he had, I don't know. I think he had 15 rebounds in the game, but let me tell you, he kept a lot of other balls alive because he played side of his plane. You know, I mean, for him, the circle with which he could get a ball was incredible. Right. And you know, that's where I really felt as though more than anything else, we really miss Ken. Uh-huh. Um, plus it, it made it that Kobe was able to sag so much on defense and help out on everybody else. He wouldn't have been able to do that you know, against Ken. Right. Um, if, if, if he were full, full force, um, you know, it's funny b- before the game, Kobe's dad actually came up to me before the game. Uh, we're all on the court warmups are going up and all of a sudden, you know, Kobe's dad is there, you know, and he had made it a point to come over to me to say that based on conversations with his son and with the coaching staff, that they really thought that, um, that we were their biggest obstacle to winning the state tournament. Wow. And if you look at, if you look at the scores after that, you know, they they blew out their next two opponents. Who'd they play in the um, final? It bore out. And I, I think uh, yeah, Erie Cathedral, but I'm, yeah, I'm not like positive. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but you know we that group of guys on that team are still really close. Uh huh. Um, you know uh, they uh, they get together all the time. You know we're in group text with each other. You know I I, I see them quite often. And, um, you know, we're, we're still left with, you know, what if about the, the whole thing, right. Uh, because, you know, we were good enough to win the state. We were good as anybody. Yeah. And, uh, we just, we just weren't as good as them that night. Yeah. So. Do you think, so, I mean, in my era, I, I, I saw LeBron play in high school and I saw the dominance that he, you know, it, it was like, uh, you know, heads and shoulders above everybody. And I did, I saw some highlights from uh, there, some from your game. And then also when Kobe played Whitehall, he, it, he uh-huh. didn't seem like there was that, like the, like the physical element, he was taller, a little bit stronger, but he wasn't like a man amongst boys. There's still some uh, like childish features, like some, you know, uh, about Kobe. Did he, was he in terms of a maturity level? Was, was he, uh, like do, just you, already do you mean in of terms game? of the well do you mean the way he played or the way he looked like his physique K- kind of both well 
um, you know, it's hard to look at them that look at them then and not compare them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you see him then and you go, wow, he looks so young, uh-huh. you know, um, he was not, uh, he was not that much physically stronger than everybody else. Okay. Yeah. But for a guy to be that athletic, to have that size, cause he was, I mean, I don't know if he grew, Right. be honest. I don't know if he's grown since, since a senior in high school. Right. And to be that skilled. Mm-hmm. Like he was head and shoulders more skilled than else. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you combine all those things together, yeah, you, you knew that it, it, he was clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. And what about the, you read a lot and you hear a lot of stories about his, uh, competitive nature and how he, he's had somewhat of a mean streak, you know, a Jordan esque type of mean streak. What, did you notice that at that age, or is that something that seemed to have developed no, over time? No, no, I'll, I'll be honest. It's pretty gracious, you know. Um, even you know, you talked to Emmett Donnelly, who guarded him, and said, "Was was there some trash talk?" Yeah, but not like the kind of trash talk that those two guys after the game, you know, would almost look at each other like hey, that was a good time. You know, we got on each other kind of. Right. Nothing like you know, I'm, you know, nothing like I'm, 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 I'm trying to, you know. I'm, I'm treating you like I hate you or anything like that. You know, it wasn't anything like that. There was, yeah, he, a, there was no animosity. And he didn't walk around the gym thinking he was He didn't walk around the gym thinking he was better than people. Oh, no. He, he, he got ready to play. Uh-huh. No, no, no. That's for sure. Yeah, he didn't, like I said, he didn't take any plays off. Like, he was serious business on the court, no doubt. Yeah. Yep. And that, you know, uh, I had seen him play a lot the summer before. I had taken Ken to, to some exposure events and uh, remember particularly up in Providence, Rhode Island. And, um, and a lot of the best players in the country were, were there and uh, almost all of them, you know, uh, they were great, but a lot of times took plays off, mm-hmm. not, yeah. not Kobe. He yeah. just worked. He just, he just worked differently than other people. What obviously, you know, the news, uh, super sad what what was your kind of there, there's few people in the Lehigh Valley that have had the same personal kind of relationship that you have with Kobe you know what mm-hmm. was some of your mm-hmm. thoughts and seeing him over the years uh or if in that group text with those former players I'm sure that was a topic that came up what were some of the thoughts that uh you know people expressed well I think there's certainly is a, a combination of reasons why it hits you hard. Um, for for the time that I coached, especially you know how I him, um, everybody uh, in at uh, our program for a long time, you know, he was somebody you followed a little bit more because because you had this connection to him, you know. And for him to become the person he was to that generation of basketball players, you know. Um, uh, one of my one of my guys who graduated in 2009 uh, put something out that, that I thought was uh, really said it best. Uh, he said, I never thought that I would feel this way about the death of someone I never met. But then again, I guess we really felt like we met him. Mm-hmm. He was he was the guy we imitated from elementary school up through high school. He was you know, we were all yelling Kobe every time we took a wad of paper in a trash can. 
we played him, you know, he was on our 2K screens, he was on our TV screens, you know. You think about the the impact of, you know, being one of the first guys really of the of the of the video game generation. He was always a staple of that, you know. Yeah. And that changes things because, you know, for God's sakes, you could be him. You mm-hmm. know, you could be him. And uh, I, I think for, for all of those reasons, and the, you know, the shocking way in which it happens, coupled with, you know, the fact that his daughter's with him, I mean, it's so tragic. I think all of that just made people feel it even more. But you were certainly aware of a guy who had a profound impact on basketball. Has it been because surreal? Because you... That's right. Yeah, sure, sure, sure it is. You know, you, you absolutely... You know, the number of times that you kind of say to yourself, did this really happen? Yeah. Like when you first heard it, you were like, you know, let this be some terrible mistake. And, and, and you just, I think, uh, like a lot of people, you, you were kind of dumbfounded. You were so shocked. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe he's, can't believe he's dead. And this is how it happened. And, right. and, and, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't able to not think about why he had become so big. And then it was, it blew up on everybody's social media pages. I mean, it, it, this has been, I can't remember such a tribute to any sports icon who, who, who has passed. Yeah. Um, and so it, <clears throat> it, it kind of took on a life of itself, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, Hey, and even as by this, you know, I've done two TV and a podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, that, 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 um, it's, it's, I, I think, I think, all of that significance was felt in the in the shock. Is it something yeah. that's uh, t- taking yourself back to the game that you played against him and realizing not just what just happened, but you know the fact that Kobe did turn out to be one of the top five players in the world? Is that surreal to kind of have that memory, like a a, a, a greater memory than maybe anybody of of seeing him? kind of where he started is it surreal to see what he yeah, turned but, into uh, you know what it, it was it was somewhat surreal you know prior to his death right you know because of because of who he became you know it was already big enough that you know you played against a guy who was the national high school player of the year you know you got you got knocked out of the state tournament by <laughs> the best high school player in the and um and if it turned out to be a bust he had turned out that his, his career ended early with a, the tragic injury or something like this. It still would have been wow, but but nothing like it. It is because of the career he had. I mean, with as Jim grew, you know the wow. Like we really played against him. That that grew too. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, and you keep in touch with your your teammates that that have uh that played against him um and obviously the, the the guy that played some professional basketball himself did he ever touch on kind of how being a professional athlete how difficult it is to achieve that level of greatness like is there any insight onto that well well uh, yeah you know i i, I talked to him about when he was there and stuff like this and it's just the level you know and but he also talked about that for a lot of people that it's also about break you know he ended up being good enough to play in the nba um but but at that time when you're playing overseas that to happen it's not just about a good yard it's also about getting a break 
Yeah. You know, because you weren't somebody who had, at that point who who had something that had distinguished you. You know, you you're something distinguishes you if you are the best player on the national championship team or something like that, right? Even though there might be other players in the country who are as good, you, you're probably going higher. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he uh, he did talk about there's when when you're the journeyman, there there can be some politics involved. And um, but still, he said it's, a, it's just a whole other level. And uh, he uh, he shared oftentimes some of the things they did there at, at their level in terms of workouts. It, it helped out with the younger big men and stuff like this as time went, went on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he'd be the first one to say, you know, to, to think about what Kobe did. You know, he, uh, he has said, I, I know how hard it is. And, and wow, to, to be that good for that long. Incredible. You know, yeah. here's a guy who he played, I think he played nine years overseas. And after nine years, he was like, man, my, my body is just breaking down. Right. You know, yeah. Kobe played 20 NBA. Think of it. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. You know, Vince Carter's playing as long as he has. It's crazy. Yeah. It's 82 games. Uh-huh. It's 82 games against huge guys, strong <laughs> guys, you know? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think any of us can really comprehend. I remember back back in the 90s when they, when they were forming the first dream team for the Olympics. Um, Bobby Hurley, who was a guard for, for Duke, um, was picked to be on the practice squad against them. So they practiced against them. And uh, I got a chance to talk to Bobby about it at uh, Pocono Invitational Basketball Camp. And so I said, look at, you know, your next step is hoping to the NBA. What's the biggest difference would you say right now between the level you're at and where you need to get to? He said, well, I had to guard John Stockton. Now, if anybody looked at John Stockton, he didn't look like any kind of physical imposing person. But he said, if John Stockton needs six feet of space, all he does is just, and he he had his his arm out like an arm bar, and he he just moved his forearm forward. He said, just with that move, he knocked me back six feet so strong. You'd have no idea how strong these guys are. And he talked, he talked for five minutes about, I was, I could not believe, he goes, we have guys strong big strong he goes i couldn't believe how big all and how strong all those guys were and and i oftentimes think of that when you think i mean Kobe played upper 70s nearly eight games every season you know and the game hasn't gotten less physical right i mean it's gotten more athletic and and even more physical it's really amazing you know when you think you know even more testament to his workout especially when you think one of the other stories about Kobe is that every, every arena he, he went to, like there was almost no one who got there earlier and worked out. Like, you know, you could find a zillion guys who would say, oh, yeah, I'd go out and get extra shots up and we'd already be out there for an hour in a full sweat. <laughs> yeah, 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 you hear a lot of those stories. Yeah. Um, well, Coach, I want to thank so you. Amazing. Right now you're, over, you're at East Strasburg University. How are you guys? How's the season going? We're we're a little up and down this year compared to how we've done lately, but uh, we uh, we are still in a position to put ourselves. Uh, we're still in the playoff hunt. You know, we're we're currently uh, fourth in the league, and uh, we should make the playoffs provided we take care of business. And as long as we keep getting better, you know, every goal we have can still be realized. So, yeah. all right, that's great. And you took you took you said you took a, a ten month 
little uh, break from coaching and then and you got right back. I know from experience that uh, <laughs> you guys can't stay away for too long. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, it's been fantastic. I have to say, I, I, I not enjoy what I'm doing more. It's been, it's been tremendous. I love, I love working with the coaches I work with. I love the program. You know, the guys we have are fantastic. It's, it's really been a great experience. Awesome. Well, tell, uh, coach Wilson, good luck. And hopefully you guys have a fantastic end of the year. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me. All right. I'll talk to you. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. That was Sean. Thornton, Coach it's Sean cra- Thornton. It's crazy that, like, it, it, it's funny even to me that, like, Liberty's crazy that he played in Liberty. But what is, oh, wait, did they play in Stroudsburg or did I? They played at Mart's Hall. Where's that? Uh, Pottsville. Okay. Yeah. Still, that's still. Is this so funny? You when played you, Scranton at, at Liberty. You ever play, like, Madden where you start out? Well, I guess it's a long Yeah, time. that's what it is. Like, that's, like, you know, you, you know, you <laughs> see these. Like, Kobe's playing in Pottsville. Yeah. And then he's playing in. Well, that's the, the part, biggest. You know, the biggest places. Three games after, three games after, Coach Thornton coached against Kobe. Kobe was a Laker. And then think about this, just in the senses of like, here is a human being, just a, another guy, across from you, that good at something that it he can do whatever. Like people are just throwing money at him. Yeah, it's it's, it's wild. wild. That was really cool. All right. Well. Uh, our next call, we were lucky enough to have Keith Groller, who's been covering uh, sports for the morning call for 40 years, almost 40. I got to clear that up. You know, yeah, it's, it's not uh, it's not quite 40 yet. He'll kill me if I say over 40. But <laughs> uh, he's been uh, covering you know high school basketball for I think like the last 30. Well, he's ba- I mean, at this point, he's a yeah. He's Leah Valley Sports. Leah Valley so. Sports, and he and he covered the games that Kobe played in back here. So right. uh, here's Keith. All right, we got a call with Keith Groller, who's been a uh, sports writer at the Morning Call for over 40 years. Is that right? Come About 40 right now, Tyler. Let's wow. not add too many more to it. That's a long enough <laughs> that's time. A, that's a super impressive uh, career. So you've, you've seen basically every athlete, you know, that I know come through this area. Well, I, I wouldn't say I've seen every athlete, but I've certainly seen my share of high school football, high school basketball in particular, uh, a few other sports along the way. I, I, at one point in time, I had the field hockey beat. I had mm-hmm. the volleyball beat, uh, tennis, soccer. I, I you, you probably touched every sport at one point or another, but primarily for the last uh, 30 30-some 30 years at least, I've, I've been the uh, – high school writer that now there was a time it was the 76ers writer. I had a <laughs> professional beat for 10 years from like 84 to 94, but pretty much since 94, I've been, uh, my, my winter beat has been high school basketball and I've seen a lot of basketball in that, in that time frame. So that, that professional beat kind of prepared you for the story that we're talking about today, huh? Uh, yes. Yes. Covering, did you, you covered Kobe. There's how many games, total did he play that you covered including games uh, here or against teams from here well only a handful only a handful i believe i covered him in the 95 playoffs when because we follow our local teams and lower mm-hmm. marion is not really local for us so but we we crossed paths i think in 95 Whitehall played them i can't remember that venue and then i covered him a couple times in 96 
most notably the the game I really wrote about the game that uh, stands out foremost in my mind was a state quarterfinal against Stroudsburg in 1996 uh, up at Pottsville. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then that, that takes me to, you know, I did a, got to talk to him a little bit after that game. And uh, then I did a column saying that uh, he wasn't ready. In my opinion, that it would be better for him uh, not to go straight into the NBA, which of course he did. And of course he could be big time wrong. So <laughs> he didn't um, take your advice, I, I guess. Uh, no, he didn't take my advice. And, and you know, he, he's a guy that was going to do what he wanted to do, no matter what anybody said. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he, what, what I didn't know, and I think I wrote this in a column this past week as we mourn his life and, and reflect on his life um, and celebrate his life too. Uh, I didn't realize the passion the determination, uh, the unbelievable desire to prove people wrong to, to, you know, I, I, I saw a high school kid and, and remember at this point we've already had in 96, we already had some success stories and we had some, what I would say less than successful stories of, of kids jumping from high school ball in, into the pros. And remember he was 17 when he graduated. So he's mm-hmm. a young uh, graduate. A lot of, most kids I think are, 18 when they graduated he was 17 and uh i i was concerned about him maybe getting overwhelmed to an extent he wasn't the most physically strong player he's very very quick kind of slender in high school and uh i thought you know remember the nba in the, in the 90s at this point you had dennis rodman doing his thing and you had uh uh you know i think our test was in the league and we had you know, everybody wanted to beat you up. And I just was concerned that physically I, I, I wasn't sure he was ready to jump into the NBA, which of course he proved me wrong. I think he had maybe one year, two years of a, of a you know, where he wasn't an all-star, but then he just, by his third year, he took off and was one of the best players in the game. Yeah. And from covering, you know, high school basketball for 30 years, uh, there was obviously something about him that was different. Um, was it? Could you? T- did he have that kind of competitive streak in him? Uh, what, like yeah. what separated well, him yeah, to that, you? Yeah, that was evident, Tyler. That was evident. I mean, this game with Stroudsburg uh, that I'm referring to. Stroudsburg, by the way, was a very good basketball team. They won our our biggest league around here. I think at that point in time, it was the, uh, the well, that was actually the Mountain Valley Conference at that point. But they won that, and they 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 kind of blitzed through districts. They won their first two state playoff games. So now you're in the middle Saturday of the state tournament, the quarterfinal round. And it was a very good basketball team. Now, Stroudsburg to this day will always say that they would have liked to have seen how it played out if Ken Lacey, who was our six foot nine center, yeah, he was very ill that day. Very ill had a big time <laughs> stomach problem. And Sean Thornton, their coach, said if it was any other situation, he probably would have held him out. Yeah, probably would have held them out that game. But, you know, it's a state quarterfinal year. You're two wins away from Hershey. You're three wins away from a state being a state champion. Uh, so Stroudsburg pushed them a little bit, even even with Lacey at about maybe 40% of what he normally could give them. And they pushed them. And that game, you know, Laura Marion came out, dominated the first quarter, uh, took a nice size lead into halftime. And then uh, Stroudsburg got its feet on the room a little bit and then they made a little bit of a run and they, they cut that game to about, I think about a nine point 
gap uh, at some point, either late third or early fourth. But that's when Kobe took over. His competitive juices started to flow again. And he says, no, we're, you know, we're two wins away here from getting to Hershey. There's no way we're going to be stopped by Stroudsburg. And he took over that basketball game. Right. And you saw that throughout the course of his career where he said, hey, it's my time. It's my team. No one's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And he, he did that day. Now, also that day, what I remember is the, the, the I mean, they were like uh, an NBA team in the, in, in the sense that Philadelphia, by the way, even the Philadelphia suburbs, they have a lot of reporters up here. You know, in the Lehigh Valley, we have one or two, three guys maybe at, at most at a given game from the from the newspapers. And then maybe you might get one of our cable companies involved and so forth. But there was at least eight to ten people around him for a good 15 minutes to a half hour <laughs> after that game. And he he was getting besieged. With, so from that standpoint, you know, he would just say, look, it, we're happy, you know, I'm happy to advance. I'm not talking about. Because at that point, he was, I think, angered, but Dick Vitale said he should go to North Carolina or someplace uh-huh. like that. And he said, I don't care what Dick Vitale says. I'm going to make my decision. <laughs> right now, I'm just enjoying being around my basketball team, my buddies, my friends. You know, I'm, I'm just a high school senior. Hey, this is the time of my life and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'll worry about that decision uh, after after the season was over. So he was very adamant. I remember him being very adamant, very strong, and very very forthright. I mean, you know... Uh, you know, you, at that point, I didn't see the maturity from a lot of guys. I mean, you know, uh, like that. He, he stood out to me as just being a very, I mean, again, eight, 10 deep around him, uh, much like you'll find at, at an NBA locker room or an NFL locker room. And he handled, he handled it with, with, with the class. Sometimes a coach, you know, will, will be so unsure of a kid handling that kind of media pressure that he'll, he'll deflect and he'll, you know, he'll make sure that, you know, he's there to, to hear what he says. Mm-hmm. That was not needed with Kobe. He handled, he handled seven, eight to 10 reporters, including me with, with ease that day in the locker room up at, which was a bit, kind of a cramped locker room. But right. I, you know, that, that day stands out vividly because I wrote the column and they proved me wrong. Now I was there. I was there a week later when the big moment came and he won that state championship uh, for lower Marion. I believe at that time, I think they were still in the old Hershey Park Arena. And uh, now they're in the Giant Center, which is, you know, just a stone's throw away from the Hershey Park Arena. But mm-hmm. in that place was rocking. Lower Marion came out in large numbers. And, and we knew, we knew that night we were seeing somebody special on the high school stage for a final time. And I can't remember what he had that night. He averaged 36 points that season. But I remember it was like a coronation of a king. Yeah. out there in Hershey uh, for one of the greatest players and, and that we've seen. And remember, Laura Marion hadn't won in a long time. Now they since won, even without Kobe. I mean, he kind of got a run started for Greg Downer, who is the, still their coach. And they, you know, they, they, they've been a force in district one and then PIAA basketball for many, many years, but uh, they, they were, they were an early power. I think they would, they won state championships in the twenties and the thirties and the forties. And then there was this like a long gap to 1996 and Kobe brought back the pride of the, of the lower Marion aces. And it was a special night. I do remember it being a special night out in Hershey as well as the previous week when he performed so well against Stroudsburg at Pottsville. Yeah, that's it's funny. Sean coach Thornton uh, was the call right before you. And so I got to ask him uh, how he prepared for Kobe as a coach, not just 
playing against him, but everything like the the spectacle that was Kobe Bryant, the Gatorade National Player of the Year. How did you prepare as a journalist for 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 an event like that, knowing that there's going to be, you know, you're not covering a normal game where you're going to have direct access. You're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, journalists and reporters there. And were you surprised by how, um, you know, crazy it was around him during those times? Well, I, I, I expected, I expected a media horde. Cause I had some experience covering some stuff down, let's say to the South, which for me, anything below like Quaker town is to the <laughs> South. So I know it's a different deal down there. I've covered some Thanksgiving Day football games, uh, Upper Perk, Soderton, Penridge, Quakertown, and they, there's a lot of little, littler papers down there, and they get a lot of media. So I was prepared for the amount of media that this kid was generating. And he wasn't picking up just the people who would normally cover Lower Marion or suburban Philadelphia basketball. He was picking up people from Philadelphia. He was picking up people on a statewide, not a regional or national basis. So I knew there was going to be a lot of media there. He had been surrounded by media the entire, the entire year, and, and, and probably a lot of it for, as a junior as well. So I, I was not surprised by uh, the number of people there. And, and you know, you asked, how, how do I prepare? Well, I know it's going to be a little bit different. There are many games to go to in the Valley where, hey, there's one or two guys there and you don't have to worry about a seat. You don't, you don't have to worry about getting in. You don't, you, know, you don't have to worry about access. But at that point, I was like, hey, better, better, better get my position, better get in there and, 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 and because I knew it was going to be a lot of media there. So that's how I prepared. Uh, in terms of, you know, the story is very different than I would normally do. And I look back in a story I wrote after the game and normally we don't even talk. We don't even talk to the other player unless it, unless it's a player of Kobe Zilk. I mean, Stroudsburg had a great year. They were in the, they're still in the morning call coverage area. You focus on Stroudsburg. You get the quotes from Coach Thornton. Um, you know, you may talk to the to the opposing coach, but you seldom talk to the opposing co- uh, to the uh, star of the opposing team. Well, in this case, we definitely had to do it because mm-hmm. this was not just about Stroudsburg losing, which was you know, a really great year for them. Again, I can't underestimate that at all. They were a very talented basketball team. One of the best we probably have had out of here uh, in, in my time covering high school basketball. But anyway, it just didn't focus on that. We had to focus on the fact that, you know, they lost to one of the greatest players, uh, certainly in, in, in Pennsylvania high school basketball history. Now we had no idea, obviously, I talked to Coach Thornton this week as well. We had no idea what, what he was going to go on to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I had a streak, and I've gotten away from it recently, but I had a streak of attending at least like 20 straight PAA championship weekends. And you see a lot of great players out there uh, for those three or four days at Hershey that you know you're going to see on college, in the college basketball te- telecast, and then a few of them have gone on to the NBA. But uh, so you don't know what you're going to get. You don't, you know, what's even, even the kid winning a Gatorade player of the year award, you don't know what he's going to do. And so there was, there, there was thought that, boy, he's, he could be pretty darn good. Billy Owens, there's a kid, uh, Billy Owens, uh, years prior to that from Carlisle, who went to play at Syracuse and had a nice career in the NBA. There was a Jerry McNamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, yeah. From, uh, yep. you remember Jerry Mack? And, yeah. and, and he had a great career up at, up at Syracuse. And, and, but you never know when those kids play that final game in Hershey, 
and, and Kobe played in the last game he could possibly play as a high school kid in, the, in what was the 4A championship game back in 96. You just don't know what they're going to do. Well, he certainly, he certainly uh, achieved at the, the highest level of any, right. to my knowledge, uh, any player that I've covered. Now, I didn't, I, I, you know, there was other great players that played in Pennsylvania before, before I got on the beat, like Will Chamberlain. would have loved to have seen Will Chamberlain <laughs> playing for Overbrook back in, the, I guess, the 50s. But uh, anyway, that, you know, getting to cover his last game, getting to cover that, that quarterfinal game, Getting to see him as a junior against Whitehall, those are memories that you take with you. And and uh, but the thing that haunts me is saying that he was that he should have gone to uh, <laughs> gone to to the top college of his. And he could have probably gone to any college in the country. Um, it probably would have wound up at North Carolina or uh-huh. Duke or something like that in the ACC. But but he certainly uh, proved me wrong. He, he handled himself like a pro from the day he stepped on the court. Did you ever know if he uh, read that article? or uh, that column? I don't know. I, I never, you know, I never got in, you know, he was reading, he had so much media. It's so, so many stories written about him. I, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, a lot of people at the time, I, I know that a lot of people agreed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, you know, a lot of people said to me in that, in the, in the, the week or two after the column hit the paper, Hey, you're right. He should, you know, he's, you know, his kids should get, and then, you know, how people are, uh, especially older generation, make sure he gets that college education. You just mm-hmm. never know. Right. I mean, the, and theoretically he could have tore up a knee, you know, in that first game as a Laker and never been the same, but, but, uh, so people always feel like, Hey, you should get that education and have something to fall back on just in case that pro career doesn't work out. So I was getting a lot of support at the time. I do, I do remember that most people, uh, agree with me, did not dis- disagree with me, but in retrospect, Tyler, <laughs> I'd like to have that call. Back. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's got, it's super hard to predict that that person's going to be one of the five greatest <laughs> players of in history. But, um, so we'll give you, we'll give you a pass on that one. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I, there's a lot of other things I'd like to have back too. a lot of predictions <laughs> over the years I'd like to have back in, uh, the, 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 usually those people are very unforgiving because they're usually like football predictions. <laughs> they're usually, I've, I've been on many, many uh, high, high school locker room bulletin boards over the years. <laughs> not for, not for flattering reason. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, if you make it into a, a bulletin board in a, in a, in a <laughs> as an, you're talking about athletes, it's usually for, to light a fire under somebody. So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, we, we want to thank you for coming on and, and talking about that. Uh, you, you, well, you are... again, I, pre- I, I, I appreciate the time. Uh, and, um, you know, I've, it, it was just, I've been very blessed. I'll just in closing, I'll say I've been very, very blessed to cover a lot of great games and, 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 and a lot of great athletes. And, and, uh, yeah, you, there's a few, as I had, you know, fourth quarter of my career here now, and maybe getting close to the two minute warning of my <laughs> career, uh, you, you start reflecting on, on some of the things you've been able to see. And I do consider the opportunity that I've covered at least a couple of his games uh, in high school to be, to be one of the, the things I'll always take with me uh, from my career. I, I, I got out, you know, I covered the pros, like I said, from 84 to 94. And I felt like I was back in, I, I felt like I was back in the NBA and that day in 96 up at, you know, yeah. when we, we covered him against Stroudsburg up at Pottsville because he brought that kind of an aura. And actually the Sixers were pretty bad at that point. I believe <laughs> that was pre, that was pre Iverson. So 
so he was Kobe might have been attracting more attention than even the Sixers were right. from a media standpoint at that time. So <laughs> I, I, I thank you for uh, asking me to come on and sharing some memories. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you around soon, I'm sure. And th- uh, thank you again all right. for all the coverage you do for the Yasso Rothrock uh, Christmas City Classic. Well, that's, and that's another great thing, too, another great thing to be a part of. And that's an organization that keeps evolving with the times and are doing a lot of great stuff for the kids of uh, Allentown and particularly Bethlehem. And uh, I know your father and Mr. Yasso and all that. Everybody in both families has got to be very, very proud of what that organization has done over the years. Yeah, we appreciate your your uh, your love that you give that every year. Well, my pleasure. All right, well, I'll see you soon. Keith covered uh, the Sixers, yeah. right? Professional, you know, basketball till '94, and then in '95 and '96, he covered Kobe, which was better than anybody on the Sixers <laughs> team. I I, this is not to do with any of that the, the best that we ever had in Honesdale right <laughs> Carbondale and I believe well I'll have to look it up I think I brought this up before but it was like probably 94 93 they won the state championship they had these two brothers from Puerto Rico believe it or not who are just very good basketball players they ended up playing for the national team oh really they were on Carbondale and they beat our team like 125 yeah Carbondale is not known for Carbondale is known for I, I don't know what they're known for I was born Carbon. there I was born there man. really Maybe they're known for that. I should check their Wikipedia. Yeah, but thank, thanks but to no, Keith. That was really cool. That was that, cool. You know what? I really I think it's kind of fun because I don't think all these sports writers are going to want to come up to the attic. So I like being able to have them call <laughs> yeah. on. So I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, we got our, our final call in, which uh, not that we saved the best for last. One of our favorite guests that we had on our PBS show. Um, former professor of mine? F- former professor. Professor of George's, so that's probably his only knock professionally. <laughs> uh, Jack McCallum, who covered, uh, was the NBA beat writer for Sports Illustrated uh, during that heyday. You know, Kobe's well, you know, knows Kobe personally. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, covered covered him. In saying that, yeah, in saying that, he would take the time to to to, to talk to us, but we appreciate it. So yeah. we are here with uh, Jack McCallum, who was the NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. You covered Kobe for many years. You developed a pretty close relationship with him, right? Well, to the extent you could be close with Kobe. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always a distance with a, a player and a journalist, and there should be some distance, and Kobe was no excuse, but I certainly knew him, knew his game, uh, did stories on him, and I think a pretty good reader into the complicated person that... Uh, that comprised uh, Kobe Bean Bryant. That's for sure. Did Kobe know where you were from? Did you know that there was some, a little bit of overlap or like at least regionally have a similar. Uh... I remember ta- I remember talking about that uh, a little bit, telling him that I was, I was kind of a Philly guy, but we talked actually early on more about Italy because at that mm-hmm. time, you know, some of his character was formed by being, you know, being over there. And Mike D'Antoni, who's probably my closest friend among people that I've covered, you know, Kobe took his number in the beginning because D'Antoni was a star in Italy uh-huh. when Kobe was being raised over there. So we actually ended up talking a, a little bit more about that uh, than, than we did uh, than we did Philly. Yeah, did, was it D? 
I remember at one of the uh, Yasso Rothrock banquets, I think it was D'Antoni. Did he tell a story about, or no, it was at Van Gundy in Orlando, how Kobe called him while he was on vacation at Disney with his family and wanted to get in the gym. I think it was, you know, Mike knew him very well because Kobe was a kid, but I think you're right. I think it was Van Gundy that, uh, that, that told this story about uh, Kobe getting into the, uh, getting into the gymnasium. And, you know, a lot of these stories about athletes and their work ethic, uh, you know, some of them are crap. Uh, some of them don't make any sense. Not Kobe. Uh, nobody worked harder. And the thing about Kobe that was that a lot of these guys changed. Like Jordan kind of looked different toward the end of his career, uh, as we all do when we get older. And, and Michael became a little bit of a power guy. You know, he powered his way to the mm. basket a little more. Mm did some posting up. I think Barkley Kobe got a looked, different too. Yeah. yeah. But Kobe, <laughs> Kobe looked like the same guy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Kobe kind of played the same way. He kept himself in such phenomenal shape that he sort of had the same game when he, you know, toward the end of his career, he posted up, but he always posted up, you know, he posted up in high school because he was big and because he had great footwork. So he, you know, that to me proved his, uh, the, how seriously he took it, that he was like almost the same guy physically. Yeah. And when did you first cross paths with Kobe? Was he, uh, how uh, far into the league was he rookie year? Well, a little bit then, but it was more, I had been away from the league a couple of years. I wanted to do something else. And it turned out when I came back, it happened perfectly that it was the Shaq and Kobe Lakers team. Mm that won three straight at the beginning of the century. And I knew Shaq better because I had done, you know, a ridiculous thing, which is write a biography of somebody when they're 20 years old. But <laughs> I had, I had done this book with Shaq and knew him very, very well. So I kind of came in to that complicated relationship a little bit more through Shaq. And it was interesting to watch, you know, Kobe try and mostly succeed to be the second banana. I mean, that was a Shaq-dominated team. Yeah. Shaq was a dominant, dominant player on uh-huh. those teams that won the championship three years in a row. And Kobe, I think by the time that blew up in, uh, in 2003, Kobe was – and they, they sort of said, okay, we're going to stay with Kobe, we're going to stay with Shaq. And they said, we're going to stay with Kobe. And mm. I think that was the right decision uh, long-term, but – Kobe had been a little bit under Shaq's shadow. And I think when uh, finally they broke up and Shaq went to Miami, Kobe said, okay, my team now. Yeah. It's, it's Kobe time right now, baby. And, and that's, uh, that's what it was for the next, what, 13 years or whatever it was. And I think um, what a lot of people are talking about that and how competitive he was and maybe he'd have in fights, who knows, but I think what's interesting to me is a lot of people now are talking about the hard work, but then also talking about how gracious he was and how supportive he was to other people. You know, is that something that you saw in him? Uh, I didn't see it as much. See, this is my reading on Kobe, and mm-hmm. I had not been real close to him the last. I mean, I was stepping back from the league, and he stepped back from the league. Right. My sense was that being a father uh, – really changed mm. Kobe as it does many of us. It mm-hmm. makes a difference. And it's, it's the, 
most cliched thing you can say, but it's the most profound thing you can say. And I found Kobe really, the word I was using on some other interviews was in the best and worst sense of the world, Kobe was a ruthless guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what made him what he was on the court. And the other people around whom you say, well, he made everybody better. That Yeah, I think it, it most impacted uh, his teammates. He, he was not an easy guy to play with. But, I mean, we said that about Michael Jordan early in his career. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference was is that uh, Michael uh, kind of felt bad about it and sort of understood it in retrospect. Kobe never had, you know, never looked back and had many regrets. But I, I did think he became a better person. And it had a lot to do with becoming a father. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I first got into this business, you know, back in 1970, 71, it was sort of a cliche. If a famous athlete or any kind of pro athlete had daughters, oh my God, what a shame it is. You know, oh, yeah. he didn't have yeah. any sons. And this was really a sort of a kind of delineation of our culture now that Kobe, the ultimate alpha male athlete, yeah. you know, really came uh, and took uh, his daughters under his wing. Yeah, and I, have, I hope good. The uh, hashtag girl dad is yeah. going around. Yeah. And the iconic, uh, I think one of the great ironies here is that the iconic photos, the iconic image of Kobe that's going to endure now, is going to be him and his daughter yeah. sitting at, I've, I saw a hundred great photos of that. And it's funny. It's not going to be the jump man logo. Yeah. That's a great point. Not to be magic passing. It's going to be Kobe with his daughters. And that's the way it should be because, uh, they perished, uh, they perished together. When in your interact, we, we, we spoke to, uh, Keith Grohler just before, and he, as a reporter dealt with Kobe, you know, obviously at a different stage in his career and life and noted that he was, um, you know, super, uh, at that age, very professional, very, uh, savvy with the media. Um, did that have something to do with obviously his, his dad being a professional basketball player? Uh, and did you notice that as he got through his career, was he more or less friendly with, with the media, basically, you know how Tiger Woods right now is has a different relationship with the media. Do you did you notice over time that Kobe became more friendly, or uh, you know, still because when he was in high school, it seemed that he was very gracious with the media. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's almost inevitable that someone that stays in the in the light as long as Kobe did that there's going to be some sort of transformative characteristic to the. Uh, relationship between an athlete and the media. So the answer to that is yes, it did change. I think the difference was between like Tiger and Kobe and Kobe and, and Kobe and almost in Italy and in this sophisticated kind of different culture, the guy was speaking Italian, yeah. you know, when he was 10 and 11, it just made a difference. And he's a very smart guy to begin with. So you take those two things and Kobe was, as you said, more mature when he got in, as things started to happen with Kobe and the assault charge mm -hmm. in, uh, in 2000. 
in, yeah. in uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That always changes your relationship with the media. So there were a couple tough years. What I noticed then with Kobe was that as that got behind him a little bit, and we could argue whether it got behind him too much and we didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. That's when things started getting better. That's when I could talk to him easier. And as I said, the, the foundational player, but he was a smart guy and he was a savvy guy. And for that reason, he probably manipulated his image and, and sort of trod along this path of redoing his image better than a lot of people could yeah, yeah. because he's a, he was a smart guy, smart guy. You know, and like a lot of like the people that uh, interact with us, we're, we, we showed there, we, a couple of videos of Kobe playing against Whitehall, playing at Liberty, and uh, people were very interested in it. So, you know, Lehigh Valley played a very, 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 very small role in Kobe's career and life, right? But as somebody being from here, and know you, I'm sure you were aware of Kobe Bryant before he was the big star. Did did you have any idea that it would turn out the way it did? Could you see it happening? You know, it's, it's funny. Literally last night, I was on doing doing, and the thing came up. Where did I read it about? I remember that Kobe had played against Whitehall. I think right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I had never really seen. I don't think I had. I hadn't seen Kobe in clips of Hobie in high school. Maybe I did. I just didn't remember. So I was, I ended up looking at a couple minutes of him in that Whitehall game. And then a couple minutes mm-hmm. game. And it was interesting to me to see that because shortly after that film was taken of his final game, he was doing like an audition for Jerry West, <laughs> the greatest Italian talent evaluator whose effort lives, you know? So it was like a month after that, that Jerry West looked at, I, I don't know exactly. It, it had to be because, well, the high school season ended and before the draft, Jerry West thought he wanted be. So this is maybe two months after that last game. And he held this famous, what's now legendary workout in which he put Michael Cooper on him. Michael Cooper was a little past his prime, but still a great defense player. And Kobe like, ate him you know (laughs) and jerry west goes jerry west watched like three minutes of it and went okay we're taking him (laughs) we're we're taking him and if you recall you know he went 16th in the draft yeah you know there were there were and and jerry west from the beginning maneuvered to get him so i was trying to look at kobe in this high school film with the same light that jerry west did and I'm not that smart, but I, knowing what West did, I started to look for what it was uh-huh. and what it was, was within two steps, Kobe was past you. Right. And, and, and he either got to the basket or he made a jump shot. He was a great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot yeah. of guys that are really athletic. They get to the hole. They're going to finish because they're bigger and stronger. Kobe, when he, when he was stopped or just maybe for the hell of it, made that jump shot. And I'm sure that marked him differently than a lot of, you know, really good high school athletes. Yeah. Obviously the, the, the news, you know, is, um, it's, it's sad. 
when when you when you when you found out that it happened, what was the first thought in a reflective moment? Like, what was the first thing that came to your mind about your experience with Kobe over the years? Well, I was up here and uh, I'm up here in Vermont for the month teaching a uh, a class, and I think the first thing uh, was just the how young yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't someone. Well, you know, he had a great career. He looks back. I mean, this was... He was just getting started. His life, ready to do other things. Mm-hmm. And then as the day went on, the day went on, my mind went to only one thing. It's a completely different circumstances, but it went to, and you guys weren't around, but it went to Munich in 1972 because that was one of those days where it kept getting worse. Yeah. That we thought, we didn't exactly know what happened. Oh, Jim McKay was on television. Oh, we think we think they're okay. Uh, escaped. Oh, uh, the news kept changing, and our news gathering wasn't that sophisticated back then. And finally, Jim McKay went on the air and went, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. And this thing was like it went from Kobe, then his daughter. Yeah, and then, then, wait a minute, there were nine people, and then it was another father and daughter and then it was was unnecessary Mm -hmm. you know yeah it it went to sort of tragic to unfathomable over the course of a few hours and that was what my mind leaped to and it's completely different but you know that's nine people i think 11 people died in munich 11 or 12 uh, athletes during the terrorist attacks the israeli athletes nine people is a lot of people yeah. Nine people is a lot of people to lose in uh, in one fell swoop. Yeah, not to overshadow any of the other people that we lost. That's it, it's uh, equally uh, upsetting, you know. And you know, part of you feels guilty for all the attention that one of those, or you know, in some cases, Kobe and his daughter again. But you know, it's it's tragic for all the families that were affected for sure. Yeah, I mean, we always have that dialogue, and it's a, a necessary dialogue to have. Did we did we put too much attention on Kobe, and did we forget about the other and shadow, even that of his daughters? And the answer to all those questions is yes. But the next time it happens, it will be the same thing because, sadly, without Kobe, uh, it is a tragic helicopter accident. But with Kobe, it becomes a story that honestly has a little bit surprised me with the legs that it has. Yeah, that was my next it, question. It, Do you are you are as a as a journalist and as somebody that's worked in this field, are you surprised um, by how crazy reached, this is? Uh, box. Hello? You there? Yeah, yeah, oh, I lost you for a minute. I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, you can yeah. I guess you're editing all this. Yeah, Am I surprised right. at the attention? Yeah, are you surprised at how how like you said the legs of the story? A little bit, and I, I am surprised a little bit. You know, it was kind of eerie that either the night before, a couple nights before, Kobe was in the news because of LeBron right. mm-hmm. passing him. And then the All-Star game is coming up, you know. And I think in a, in a vague sense, uh, that sort of coalesced to create this perfect storm of attention. And I do think even though the daughter's death, uh, Gianna's death has been overshadowed. I do think that that the scope of this tragedy 
answer to your question, I am a little surprised in this whole month for me. I mean, David Stern dying on yeah. New Year's Day really, really hit me really hard. And I can't exactly explain why. And uh, it was like the month for me was framed by these two tragedies. Right. And when, when you're in journalism, you're, you're only the product of the people <laughs> that you cover. That's you <laughs> irrelevant at all. <laughs> and Stern and Kobe, this book ended month. It, it really got me thinking a lot about what they had meant in my professional life. And it's been, you know, it was, it was tough to think about. It really was uh, a tough month, even though I don't want to say how tough it was for me, but uh, you know what I mean? Right. For the right, families, exactly. obviously yeah. it's, it's infinitely tougher, but uh, it was, yeah. If you were close to the NBA, it was a lot to swallow in one month. Yeah, of course. Well, Jack, we want to thank you uh, for, for sharing a couple of minutes with us and, uh, you know, sharing some stories about your interactions yeah, with Kobe. It. And um, uh, hopefully Vermont isn't as cold as I think it is in my head. Uh, <laughs> it's it's cold enough here. Hasn't been hasn't been bad. A couple mornings we had four, but if the uh, I'll be back in the uh, Lehigh Valley soon. So, uh, you know, sorry for the technical difficulties. So. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and also on a different... Jack McCallum. That's cool. Yeah. Is it, it's so weird that this technology, we just called people from all over. I know. I mean, I know it's it's a phone. He was in Vermont. You know, yeah. It's not, it's not like, it's not like my grandfather. I, yeah. Well, that's great. We called some guy in Vermont. Yeah. And here he is. I mean, yeah, the, I think the sounds, it was pretty good. I hope people, you know. You know. I think the, uh, when it bird goes out like that, when it's like, it makes me feel more like professional. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> see, I'm using actual yeah. electronics. No, I think uh, to, for me to some, I'll be honest. Like I, I, I think because of the the daughter factor, mm -hmm. it's terrible. Obviously, you feel bad for the other people on the flight. We just didn't. We weren't exposed to that. Yeah. You know? And and that's just it's just a fact. Do you know what I mean? It's just there's some Kobe Bryant, somebody that you've seen a million times over and over again. You're obviously going to. I, I just hate people for shaming other people for being affected by, yeah. you know, say, oh, well, you you care about that. You should care about this. It's like, well, sometimes... You can you care just, about both things. You can care about that or... And we know he's a flaw. There's a bunch of flaws. God with damn it, it. Who isn't? Yeah. But I mean, his I'm flaws were pretty bad, I, you know, I'm not, uh, allegedly, again, and I'm but not that's not what this any, is about. I'm not defending any of that. And and who knows? We don't know. My end, The end game for me is just saying, I, I, I think... What I've kind of thought about is the, the redemption process. Mm -hmm. The fact that, sure, if you want to call this guy the biggest rapist asshole ever, the fact that he, you know, died doing something where you know he's looking to to further his child, uh, I I just think that if there is some sort of redemption or whatever, uh, you know, you you can't look at Kobe and be like, wow, fuck that guy, he didn't care. You can tell that he did. Right, and I think also the fact that they they set up, you know the um, uh, the fund that is going to everybody is going to the families. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so yeah, I mean I don't know. I just saw some comments online that upset me in that way. You're you're allowed to. It affected you. You know this is yeah. just the way that our society is set up, and you can't mock people because it's like, well, well, why are you affected by that thing that we're all we all watch all the time? Yeah, I, yeah. I only like the government, and and you know mm -hmm. it's I don't know. It just bothers me that you, you shame people in right. that way. 
he wasn't the best person, but nobody is, and yeah, um, we're very fortunate that we got to see him play. Yep, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a, you know a little local history with uh, one of the greatest basketball players in our generation. So, um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, look out for the TV show coming to Service Electric on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth. Yeah, it's all. I've been working on it. I've been, I've been, I've been ready. Here we go. Uh, thank you guys, and I will see you next week. <laughs>